if you want to get that raise, if you want to get that promotion, if you want to launch that business. So what are the steps that have to go into that? Take a look at that list and ask yourself, is it worth it? Am I willing to pay that price? Especially when I look at my health and fitness goals and my love relationship goals and some of the other goals that I might have. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Welcome back, listeners, to this very special episode. Episode which is timely with an important date happening on the calendar right now, which is the new year. Now, should we be doing something different because we're changing a calendar? We're just changing a number? Is there any significance to this? Well, a lot of us are familiar with the idea of setting New Year's resolution, but what we want to do today is really equip you with the best possible tools that if you're going to use this fresh start, this clean slate, this number which is arbitrary but does hold weight, how do you use it effectively to get you to put your career, your finances, or whatever is important in your life right now into a positive direction and using the momentum of the new year so you do it correctly and you don't fall into the trap that most people do when they set goals during the New Year's Eve. We're releasing this episode just before the New Year because we know that if you're listening to this, you're one of the proactive people that really want to be ahead of the curve, that want to thrive, and the guests that I'm going to bring to share this with you There's so much I need to say about this man because he has had a profound impact in my life. And I want to share a bit of my story here because I am hosting this podcast, Superhumans at Work, because I have been on a journey of self-mastery, self-awareness, working on my life when it comes to health and fitness, my relationships, my character, and a lot of other categories that if you are someone who's taken life book, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this is John Butcher. Now, John and his partner, Missy Butcher, have designed a product that is core to Valley called Lifebook. And I have been a student of Lifebook where I have become so clear on everything that I want in my life because of his methodology that he has created over the course of his years to create an amazing life for himself. I am a student of this practice. And to me, to have everybody start the new year with some wisdom of John Butcher, who's with us today, is going to get you so further ahead than anybody else because we're going to share his methodologies, his questions, and some core differences that happen when you apply goal setting in the way that he has used it within the Lifebook process. But fear not, if you have not done Lifebook, you will still be able to apply these techniques. But I say that if you are someone who's a high performer, you'll definitely be curious to learn more about this process. And with that, John, thank you so much for being on the show with me. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Hey, Jason, it's so good to be here, man. John, like I said, you've had a profound impact. I mean, I've been setting goals using your ideas. I've had the life book and I've been really starting the new year doing a lot of the methods that you preach. And I really wanted to kick us off with the fact that what is so different when you end up setting goals when it comes to the new year, when we use some of your principles? Well, I think that the biggest difference between lifebook goal setters and normal goal setters is that lifebookers have been through a process that has allowed them to pull back the curtain on the ideal life that they want to create. What the lifebook process does, as you know, Jason, you go through 12 categories of your life, you think deeply, and you emerge with a crystal clear vision of the person that you want to become and the life you want to live, that then becomes your North Star. That becomes the target of everything. So when we sit down to set New Year's goals, goals for the coming year, 
we're looking at that North Star and asking ourselves, what should our goals about our love relationship, our career, our finances, our health and fitness, what do we need to accomplish this year in order to move us closer to that big picture vision? What this does is it makes, and this is a big thing, it's not a small thing, it makes each individual goal you set a smaller puzzle piece of a big puzzle, a big, beautiful picture, and you know exactly what that picture looks like. What that does, it does a lot of things, Jason, but one of the most important things that it does is it helps to minimize contradictions between your goals. Because as we all know, what it comes down to is where are you going to put your time Where are you going to put your focus? Where are you going to put your energy? Putting your time and focus here takes it away from there. Simple as that. My mentor, Nathaniel Brandon, used to have a saying, everything in life is a trade-off. And that's just so incredibly true. So when you choose to put your time and energy over here, you're taking it away from over there. That's why a lot of people run into serious trouble and contradictions. You set a big career and financial goal for yourself. That's going to take time and energy possibly away from your love relationship, unless you have sort of a big, clear picture of where you want to take your life overall, then everything can work together. Then what happens is that a win anywhere becomes a win everywhere. You accomplish that health and fitness goal. It helps drive your career forward because you've got more clear thinking. You've got more energy to bring to your career. It drives your love relationship forward because you're sexier to your partner. Just A win anywhere is a win everywhere at that point. And I think that's the biggest difference between lifebook goal setting and normal goal setting. It's important you mentioned that. I know because you look at the 12 categories and obviously we have an understanding that they're all interlinked. But it feels like when you set goals in a new year, people have a greatest of intention and not to take it away from anybody. I mean, everyone says, okay, I'm going to hit the gym. But it's almost set in a vacuum, right? And when you set a goal, for example, I want to increase my finances so people will end up studying a certain aspect of finances to kind of push, there seems to be a drop-off in that steam 22 days or a month out. Why is it that people kind of drop off? Is it because there's not enough sense of a why? Do you have to make those trade-offs against other things that just doesn't seem aligned? I think purpose is very important. And well, let me just say this to start. I think any goal setting is good any goal setting. You've really got to get enough experience under your belt to really understand which techniques work best for you. There is no one size fits all to anything in life is one of the things that we've discovered with Lifebook. But I think that one of the reasons that people lose steam is because they are lacking that deep purpose, which is the driving motivational force. If you want it so bad, you can taste it every day. You're not going to lose steam. But if you sort of lose track of your purpose, if that deteriorates over time, then your motivation is going to deteriorate over time, which is another reason that understanding your overall life vision, that deep picture of the person that you want to become in the life that you want to live, nothing will give you a better driving purpose than that. And so what is something that people could do to get a bit more clear on how to draft out this vision. Since we're here in the holidays period, the New Year's is coming, are there particular tactics or things that we can do so that before we start the New Year and say, this is what I'm going to do and I'm excited about it, what work can I do to be like, okay, this will make sense to set a goal because I've done this work? Yes, this is what I'd suggest, Jason, for people who have not been through Lifebook, before you set your goals for the coming year, for 2020, just sit down and meditate for 15, 20, 30 minutes and ask yourself, where do I want to end up generally at the end of this year? How do I want my life to look at the end of this year? It doesn't have to be super deep. 
what would my ideal level of fitness be a year from now? How would that love relationship look and feel? How much money would I have made and maybe saved? How far was I able to drive my career forward? What things did I study and master? And then once you sort of get a good, solid, crystal clear picture of that, just for the coming year, not for your entire life like we do with Lifebook, but just for 2020, then you can start to think through, okay, what are the most important components of that little vision? So what do I want to set is a specific goal for my health and fitness, specific goal for my love relationship, specific goal for my career and financial life. And at least then you're setting your goals against a well thought through target of where you'd like to end up at the end of the year. That will minimize contradictions. And let's focus here on career and finance, given that we're talking here about people in the workplace. Would a good goal when it comes to, let's say, finances is save an X amount of dollars? And in career, is it to get a certain promotion, maybe change career? And should I be realistic when I set those goals? So there are a lot of different methodologies. People have a lot of different ways that they set goals. I ask myself three simple questions about each goal just to ensure that I'm choosing the right one. Jason, here's the three simple questions. Number one is, am I setting the bar in the right place? Am I asking enough of myself here? Or am I asking too much of myself? Where am I setting that bar and why? The second question is, and this is the one that's going to determine whether or not you're going to get it. Am I willing to pay the price for this goal? Everything comes with a price in life. There's a price tag associated with everything you want. What is it? And are you willing to pay the price for it? And then the third thing is, and this is an important one too, will the accomplishment of this goal make me truly happy? Because Jason, I've set some goals that took me a lot of work to achieve. And then at the end of that process, I'm looking around and saying, this is it? This is what I worked for all year? This isn't what I expected. This isn't how I expected to feel after accomplishing. So the first question, where do you set the bar, I think really addresses the question that you just asked. You've got to make sure that you're asking enough of yourself because at the end of the day, goal setting is about commanding yourself to go in a certain direction. Goal setting summons you. You're setting yourself to the task of achieving something. Focuses your time and your energy. You want to make sure that you're setting a goal that's high enough that's going to give you purpose and motivation and excitement. But here's the other side of that coin. You want to make sure that you're not setting the bar too high because that will guarantee failure even before you start. And a lot of personal development people do that. This is the trap I've got to watch out for. I almost never set goals that are so low that I can't get excited about them. My problem is that I set goals too high. And I think a lot of overachievers are like that. So let's just be very, very careful of where we set that bar. It's up to you, but you've got to decide. I've been guilty of setting that bar pretty damn high myself. But I have to say, from my personal perspective, I always set that bar super high. And I guess I never really lost momentum towards striving for it. But I also know that there's some things that are pulling me beyond that one year, which are of immense magnitude. And so even if I kind of missed the bar on year one, I know that because I strive for it, it got me closer to the ultimate target. And you know, I love the quote, and this is maybe my personal bias is you aim for the stars, you end on the moon, you left the earth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody is different. Some people, if they set goals that are too high and they miss them, they'll lose motivation. They'll get dejected. I'm like you. If I get, you know, 65, 70% of a big goal done, great. I'll push it over into next year, which is another big advantage that lifebookers have. If you want to live a life of significance, there is so much of what you need to accomplish lies outside the realm 
of what you can accomplish in a single year. Getting a degree or building a house, or there's so many things that are multi-year goals. Well, lifebookers know what they are. And we ask ourselves every year, what do I want to commit to for that multi-year goal this year? What am I willing to roll up my sleeves and get done on my way to getting that multi-year goal done? If we don't accomplish 100% of our goals, we just throw them into next year and keep going. But I think a lot of other people would lose momentum. And I've seen this before. They lose momentum. They feel dejected. So I think setting that bar in exactly the right place for you is a critical component. Then that second question is, all right, this goal is going to come with a price tag. Am I willing to pay that price? Because if I'm not, I'm not going to get it. I'm wasting my time. I might as well put another goal in there. So identify the price that you're going to have to pay, meaning the steps that you'll have to go through to accomplish that mission and make sure that you're willing to do it. And then third, once you get this thing, are you going to be satisfied? Are you going to be happy? Are you going to be fulfilled? Are you going to look back and say, I'm glad I put in the work? Those are my three questions. And I want to dig into the second one a bit more because you're talking about the price to pay. And I can just think of a good example. And maybe this is an oversimplistic one, but I think it's one that people can associate with. Let's say I want to get that promotion. I want to get that executive position. I want to get that raise. Possibly could be a goal that people set within the year to set a certain financial threshold. And so a price to pay here is that I would be willing to put in extra hours every day, or I would be willing every Saturday to develop my skills or do a leadership program. And so are those examples? examples of prices to pay? And is there others that we should consider? A hundred percent, man. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If you want to get that raise, if you want to get that promotion, if you want to launch that business, so what are the steps that have to go into that? Take a look at that list and ask yourself, is it worth it? Am I willing to pay that price? Especially when I look at my health and fitness goals and my love relationship goals and some of the other goals that I might have. I'm going to have to take some time and energy away from other areas of my life if I want to really focus on this. A, am I willing to do that? And B, how can I make sure that I'm not sacrificing my goals in other areas and make sure that they're not going to have to suffer for that career and financial goal? We don't believe in that, as you know, Jason. Yeah. And the fact is, if you are choosing any goal, there's growth that lies in it. And so you are going to be complementing in every area of your life. But I don't think that's as obvious for someone who hasn't went through this process, which brings me to that third point, which is like, will this make me happy? Will this be worth it? I feel like that's almost like a bit of a crystal ball moment where it's like, I don't really know, but there has to be some sort of enjoyment in the pursuit because I've set goals where it's like, okay, I thought when I set it at the new year that this was going to bring me that happiness. I felt pretty sure when I said it that it would and it's towards the pursuit of it that I had the discovery that it wasn't and I'm sure you've probably ran through this yourself and so is there a way that you can automatically filter these out or are there some of these goals that you actually do need to chase to realize if you truly desire it or not I think both are true man when Missy and I were in our 20s we we're musicians we met in a band basically and that was the 90s and we were doing techno industrial dance music we were doing dance club music right we spent a year, a lot of time and effort and money, making a great record, a dance club record. And we finished that thing. It was a massive labor of love. We were living in Chicago at the time, and we were excited when it got released. We went out that weekend and heard our music in four or five dance clubs in Chicago. After this long <laughs> process of creating this art, and the clubs closed three or four in the morning, and we're walking around till sunrise, looking at each other going, that's what we did that for? 
all those drunk people who didn't give a fly and you know what about what music was on. It went from one tune to another. No one ever noticed anything. We were looking at each other like, wow, that was interesting. It certainly didn't get us where we wanted to go from an emotional perspective. Now, the journey was incredible and we look back and we're glad we did that project. But at the end of the day, what we were going for, which was to make, you know, a dance hit in Chicago, just didn't fulfill us anywhere near the level that we thought it would. A whole year of work, you're looking around going, wow, I put a lot of time and effort into this. Was it worth it? Because I certainly don't feel like I thought I'd feel right now. That's happened to me a few times in my life. And what's sad about that, Jason, is, you know, you think about where else you could have put that energy and that effort that could have actually driven your life forward to a more fulfilling place. There's no way you can know some of that stuff until you go down the road, just like you said. Other things you can think about, you can sort of visualize the having of it. If you set a goal to lose 35 pounds and get in incredible shape by the end of the year, I can't imagine a goal like that being anything but incredibly fulfilling. Taking your love relationship to the next level, making more money as long as it doesn't take away from other critical areas of your life. But that question is still a good question to take a look at. Love it. And there's probably some very easy ways that you can eliminate a goal that you were thinking of pursuing, even from the lessons you've had from the ones you did pursue and not fully get the outcome you were planning to. Have you had a time where you've actually ran that question, like, will this make me happy? And you immediately detected something you shouldn't do? I'll tell you what I have done. I've been able to make value judgments based on my answer to that question. So if I'm taking a look at five or six different goals, I like to keep my goal set as understandable and simple as possible, as clear and simple and uncomplicated as I can so that I can hold it in my head. So I don't want to enter the year with 11, 14 goals, right? So when I sit down and take a look at my top seven and I want to cut it down to five. The question really becomes, what will make me the happiest here? Two of them are going to go. And they're going to be the two that I look at and say, there's probably the least amount of fulfillment in these two goals of any of the seven. So they got to go. So I use it to make value judgments. Love it. Which brings me to one of the final questions here, which is around focus. And you talked about five. So should someone be looking to minimize the amount of goals as possible to get focus? Is there a sweet spot? How does this look? Well, you know, everybody's different again. And Jason, you're in a men's accountability group, as I was for four years. And when you're doing the goal setting, the powerful goal setting cadence that we're doing, and when you've got accountability partners to kick your ass if you need it, to give you love and support, and encouragement and inspiration on your way to your goals, you can actually accomplish more. And you and I are high-powered people, and so everyone's got to really take a look at their capacity. At the end of the day, you probably have a sense of what that is, and you should be setting goals within that range. I found that for myself and for type A people, five personal goals and five professional goals are about the max that I feel like I can hold in my head and handle at one time. And so I'll set five personal goals, meaning love, intellectual, emotional, health and fitness, et cetera, and then five career and financial goals. And that's it, man. Wow. And I know in my case, actually, if I look back at this year, it was only three. I had like one priority goal. I gave this one more importance than all of the rest, which was actually to help myself kickstart a personal brand that supports business streams of income. And 
it's crazy, John, because I set that in January. And this was actually my ritual on New Year's Eve is I just look at my visions for my life and whatever goal or vision type of system that you're using, we tend to use a life book. We think it's absolutely incredible, but you can use your own here. I found myself spending New Year's Eve looking at all of that. I realized that in my career, it was really about building a personal brand and streams of income that stream from that. And so I said that as a goal and you might give an opinion on this, but I wasn't that clear on what that would look like. I just knew that I would continuously strive, discover, learn, and push month after month on new ways that I could get clear on what I should be doing to push that and then see what kind of things the universe was throwing at me. And just to kind of wrap this up into what you can expect here is for me, I didn't know what that was until probably September. And all I did is just continue doing good content, doing amazing interviews, doing my best at work. I was learning about what does it mean to have a personal brand. And the two things that ended up happening happening in the last quarter of this year is like I said, I launched this podcast, which is an amazing opportunity, but I don't think it was given to me by any chance here because I was prepared to accept this when the opportunity to open a podcast for the workplace happened. People saw how I was pushing and working towards it, improving my hosting skills. So it became a natural flow that I decided to host it, which is a totally in line with the goal that I initially set. And secondly, is I realized the one thing that I can do to really get clear on the message that I stand for, which is all about selling from love, was to write a book. And I just kicked off and set a publishing date that I'll work towards on December 2020, which is now my goal that I'm setting for this year. This is all because of the energy that goes when I have that hyper focus. So not being clear on what the outcome is of setting a goal that's a bit more fuzzy. Is this good, bad? Like, what have you noticed with that? Well, here's what I would say. It's okay to set a general annual goal, but here's a huge thing that we do at LifeBook, and it's based on the Rockefeller Habits in Business Management by Objective. So set your annual goal, but the way to not lose momentum and the way to keep a little bit of flexibility, which is what you were just saying, and kind of figure it out as you go, say you're going to set three to five annual goals. A couple of them, you might not know exactly how you're going to get there, but that's your friggin' goal. So then what you do in the first quarter is you ask yourself, what am I willing to commit to in the next 90 days to move me closer to that goal? And then at the same time, you say, now how about the next 30 days? So basically, you're setting monthly goals every quarter, quarterly and monthly goals. That's your cadence. You set your first quarter goals. When second quarter comes, second quarter goals. When third quarter comes, third quarter goals. And you're going to know so much more in the third quarter about that goal that started out just a little bit fuzzy with regard to how you're going to accomplish it than you did when you first set it in the first quarter. Continually set your monthly goals against those annual goals. And that's how to keep taking bites of that apple until you get there. Now, I wanna say one more thing, Jason, because this is huge and this is what you just said. What you wanna do is you wanna bring a balance between moving towards your goals with intention every day, driving, pushing from your side, and then taking a step back relaxing, allowing, looking around for the gifts that the universe is going to give you because you don't have to do it all yourself. The universe expects you to do your part. You've got to put the universe on notice that you are going to move toward this goal with intention. You intend to make this happen in your life. But the universe is a benevolent place that will be happy to support you. If your head's down and your legs are moving and you're driving, driving, driving every second of the year, you're not going to be receptive to the gifts, to the opportunities that you didn't expect that you could roll back into that goal. So there should be a balance between intention and allowing as you move toward that goal. 
Beautifully said, John. This was incredible. For everybody listening, I hope you're getting a glance of what you can do to make the most of this time, which I would say is a time that things typically slow down before kicking back up in the new year. Does the change of calendar really have an effect? Actually, it does because you can use it as a reset. You can use it as a springboard and you can go and set some powerful goals that you can measure over the next year. And so take this time to reflect on what you really want. Set that vision for yourself. If you're looking for a way to get started, maybe get identifications about the categories you can work on, listen, We've talked about Lifebook, not that you need to have it, but I'm hoping you're getting an idea of how powerful it is. And you should definitely go to life.mindvalley.com because there's a free assessment you can do there. So you can look at how you're doing in every category and maybe get a bit direction as to where you'd want to prioritize some of the goals that will make the biggest impact in your life. If you haven't watched the free masterclass yet, you should absolutely look it up. It's the Lifebook Masterclass by Mindvalley. And if you don't know how to find it, or if you're interested in doing the Lifebook yourself, and you're listening to this episode, send me an email at jason at mindvalley.com and say, I want Lifebook. And I'll give you one of the offers that's the most incredible things we do at Mindvalley, which is when you complete that Lifebook, we'll give you your money back. But you need to put in the energy, which is $500 so that you actually see the value in what you've created. And you're going to get it back when you get it done so that if you're someone who gets things done, you are finally rewarded. And so send me that direct email so that we can send that over to you because the class starts right on the new year if you want to start with a powerful tool. But if you've listened carefully on everything we talked about here, we talked about when you start setting goals with a positive vision, you'll see that you're not setting it in a vacuum. You're setting it with an intention on where you want to go. And that's important because having that momentum that'll push you, that purpose is what's going to prevent you from dropping off after a couple months and still be paying for a gym membership for 11 months that you never stepped into. You know where you want to go, so set the goal against that. Break it down by quarter. If you're not very clear on where you're going to go, then set it, break it down on what you're going to do this quarter to get more clear. And I know that's been super helpful for me. And remember those three questions. You want to set the bar at the right place, depending on your personality type. You've noticed me and John are quite A type, so we definitely set it strong, but that doesn't work for everyone. So do what works for you. Secondly, you want to understand the price you have to pay in time, in focus, in energy, whatever it is that's just going to be needed to pay. You want to set that alarm clock early in the morning to hit that gym every morning if you're looking into the fitness, which seems to be a typical category. But I would encourage you, like for me, example, every 7 a.m. I have to write my book. This is my commitment daily, the price that I pay so that I get that book set on the date that I just announced to everyone here is how it's going to get done. So set that price and understand that you're willing to pay it and communicate it with people that are important in your life as to why you're taking that time and why you're making those changes. And finally, will it make you happy? Of course, you are throwing a dart towards a goal that you want to see if it will get you happy. And as you do more setting and you thrive and you become better, you will make mistakes, but you're going to grow along the way and you will look back at your life a couple of years back going, holy, I actually followed through on these goals. I'm at a place I never thought I'd be. And now this is incredible. And it's a new year. Like I don't want to go out on the New Year's Eve. I want to be alone. I want to set goals and be excited for the next one. So John, this was so great. Thank you so much for spending time with us here. You're welcome, brother. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. And everybody else listening, I hope you're taking massive action on this. I'll make you that offer. Send me a direct email. I want to hear your thoughts and we will make sure that you can get those goals set using Lifeboat because truly it's one of the most powerful things that's transformed my life. And I really know it will transform yours too. Thanks for listening. And until next time. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.